You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Welcome back, everybody. You are watching We Live in Color, and I'm here with Miss Araya Jane Albert. How you doing, sister? I'm good. I love it here. <laughs> Black Media Matters, sis. And okay. we, you're always home here, right? Speaking I feel that. Of, well, speaking of home, right, I know that you're from down south. I'm a so Southern Belle for real. Tell me about the journey. How? how what was it like Ooh. growing up? You were Birmingham, right? Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, see, I, oh, I Montgomery. had a, Don't hit the me. The West Side don't of Montgomery, Alabama. Don't hit me. Between day born and raised. Okay, tell me about you. <laughs> um, so I'm as country as they come, honestly, right? But um, I also have been privileged. I've been privileged in in every aspect of my life. I grew up with a mom that was in ministry. Um, the bishop can't tell me nothing about it. That's my mama, um, who was also an educator. Um, so it afforded me a lot of spaces and opportunities to be with people that you typically wouldn't, being where I was from. Um, and I got to fall in love with performing arts, theater, music, um, being in being on stage, being a creative, um, being in these spaces, and and being offered positions to work with big companies and do different things when I was younger, you know? Um, and then life kind of went on a turn for me. Um, I was in ministry, you know, that's a big part of who I am. Um, but one day I decided to walk in my truth. Um, over you. when I decided to really walk in my truth, started my transition, um, I was about what was 2020, two years ago? So I want to say 2020 was the year I started our medical transition. I came out as trans and started doing the therapy work about four years before then. So I would say about five years ago now, five, six years ago now, is when this journey really started for me. So about 2021. Um, and being 26 years old, being in these spaces, growing up in the deep south where and now I'm working in a public relations profession. Fortune 500 company in the, in the, midst, in the midst of, of my transition. Wow. I started my transition in front of Southern Republicans, <laughs> white Southern Republican males. Right. Yeah. Um, in the church and in, in the church, um, stepped down from my positions, was working in PR, being in all these spaces. And I got to feel the, the trauma and the damage of being trans in those spaces. Um, and one day I got a phone call from a pastor here, um, Jamel Witherspoon, who is the pastor of Liberation, United Church of Christ. Yes, we love him. And he said to me, he said, woman of God, I want you to come to Seattle. There is life for you here and there are opportunities for you here. Um, he offered me a position at the church to um, actually serve as a trans pastor there. Um, so that's and the how, first thing. How, how did that? How did that feel when, you know, like- I felt seen. I felt seen and I felt safe for the first time in a long time. And I felt okay to exist. And it had been a minute for me since I felt okay to exist. Um, life got a little dark for a little while. And one of my, I tell people this all the time, but my, I feel like I was put on this earth to spread love, to spread laughter, spread light. But for years, I didn't feel that for myself. And then I get on a plane on a Thursday, he called me on a Monday. I was on a plane on that that very next Thursday, that followed that Thursday. I got on a plane on that Thursday and I landed here and I knew that I entered the, 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 the next phase of my life, the rest of my life. I tell everybody when I got to see how I felt like I was walking into a movie. I'm from Montgomery, Alabama. My mama's house is in a town called Wetumpka. It looks just how it sounds. There is nothing there, okay? Um, but I can't hear and there's so many opportunities and so much space and there's hope here. There's hope. 
So listen, there's hope. There's I mean, hope. just that was a sale for Seattle, but I mean, just the fact of you just feeling home and just knowing that so many of our community members that are impacted that are down south, because I, I too live down south and watched a lot of my community members get kicked out yeah. of their yeah. place. Not just, and that's the thing though, like the worst part is, is that people aren't safe to come out, right? Not just because of the outside world, because of the homes, the family values, you know, their foundation isn't safe for them. Um, they're not safe to be out in workspaces because a lot of the South are no, no cause of fire. They can, they can release you from your contract just because they want to. They legally can, right? You live in these spaces where, um, they're, they're building laws against trans healthcare rights. And, and ultimately that, that affects more than just the trans community, right? Because I, I'm from an area where there's one health clinic that serves HIV positive people. Wow. One and, and the numbers there are and the numbers ridiculous. There are ridiculous, right? So if it's one place that you drive by and everybody literally calls, oh, that's the AIDS place. What? What? Right? There's so much stigma, stigma behind it, and then we wonder why people don't get tested. They don't have what they need. They they don't have the proper conversations. It's because we've made everything so ugly and so dirty, right? And then I get here to the Pacific Northwest, and I'm like, there are organizations that have their own clinics, and there are organizations that just serve marginalized groups and give them what they need. Yeah. I might not have insurance to take care of this, but can you help me out? Yes. We're going to help you out. Right. There are so many opportunities. And I think that that it's important to acknowledge that because I, I now see what it looks like to do it right. Yeah. Right. I know there's always room for growth. We can all grow, but I see what it looks like to do it right. And to give back to your community in ways that other communities are not as fortunate to have. And, and that's and that's real. And I think that what you are giving community already, like right now, just um, knowing what that hurt looks like, yeah. which is a little different than 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 down south, right? The, uh, what what, yes. what, what your your hurt is different from how people are have been hurt here. Here, yeah, yeah. it's different experiences, yeah. right? And and then what can we do as community members, right, to do a better job with? Making sure that we're creating space, because I think that it's really important to to make sure that, you know, we we're, we are all been marginalized. Right. At some point. But right? ha having enough humility to understand that that this is I to my sister, my brother, my church member, my Hyundai, uh what was your position? Um, <laughs> I was a, a protocol specialist. <laughs> protocol specialist. Right. And right. It's, it's like, how do what do we do? You know what? I think what's going to be necessary is to acknowledge, right? The first thing to acknowledge is, is the difference in experiences without us trying to make everything a qualitative, you know, a qualitative response. So you don't, don't, don't try to say, okay, which one was, which one felt the worst or which one was the worst. Cause I find myself at times even being in this space, right. And hearing people explain what racism is on this side of the, uh, this side of the country. And in, because of what my experience was, I found myself telling people, that's what, that's the best you got. And then I had to remind myself that what that does, it, 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 it questions people's blackness and their experience. And we don't have the right to do that. Yes. So as we're creating community and creating safety, what we have to say is, you know what? Yours doesn't look like mine, but it's just as important. So what do you need from me where you are, right? And what do I need from you where I am? We might need different things. They might look different. The experiences might be different. But ultimately, there are three things that we all need. And that's love, laughter, and life. And if we, if we base everything that we do off of those three words, 
we can examine every space that we're in and we can give people exactly what they need. Because sometimes people just need a hug. They just need a hello. They just need to be acknowledged. They need a good job. Uh, you look nice today. Or, hey, your eyes look a little low. Do you need someone to talk to? Love, laughter, and light. It, it's the, it's the, I mean, it's a foundation for everything. You're welcome. It, it really is. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. I like that one. <laughs> I, lo I, lo I love you for that. And I appreciate that. But I also want to talk to you about some of y'all because you're talented. Okay. And you also, you grew up in church. So I can did. I ask you, do you, do you sing? Um, I'm a singer and a songwriter. I'm working on my first project right now. It's called really? Love and Relationships. Yes. Love and Relationships. Yes. A little laughter in there. Um, you know what? A couple of diss songs. Are you giving, are you, you giving SZA? Or you are you giving? I, I really like to say this project is a culmination of what my experiences have been in dating. You know, I always said I did not want to be a, a, a I didn't want to sing love songs. I didn't want to write love songs. And now that's all I can do. <laughs> um, and ultimately, it's so funny because I don't consider myself to be like very um, fortunate in the relationship department. Right. But I know what it's like to love people. I know what it's like to be loved by people. So to tell this journey and it's a journey that's relatable to all of us, regardless of who we love, what we love and how we love. Right. We all love. So it's a relatable story. It's a relatable story. All of us have been there. We've all been through breakups. We've all been through hurt. We've all been through some type of abuse, right? Whatever trauma we've been in, I think this album is going to tell that story. So I'm very excited about that. Well, I'm really excited to hear more <laughs> of that story. And I do like, and, and keep in mind, like the work you do is endless and I could literally sit here with you all day. So we're going to take one, another break and when we come back, we're going to segue into some of those calls to action because you got some planned this week right you've been you we have a busy week okay so we're gonna get to that busy week okay. in just a moment <laughs> you are watching we live in color saturday's cold weather and steady rain did not stop people from going to demonstrate their support for the lgbtq community and brewmaster's tap room in renton which was a target of an alleged hate crime earlier this week the taproom has been receiving harassing calls and emails from right-wing extremists since it launched a monthly Drag Queen Storytime event. Organizers of this demonstration say the far-right groups were planning to protest Saturday's Drag Queen reading. Brenton City Council member Carmen Rivera is active in the community and decided to show her support for Drag Queen Storytime, especially when she heard that those right-wing extremists were planning to protest on Saturday. This business is right down the street from my house, and as a queer person, um, I thought it was important to check in with the community. I checked in with the community member, I checked in with the business owner, asked what support they wanted, they would be comfortable with counter-protesters and in what capacity, and then just started working with community and was really impressed with the amount of community that was like, how can we help? They don't want us to be at the table. Converge Media's own Deonta Damper led some of the action. This is important because our youth have an opportunity to be and see us as well as human beings. This is an opportunity for us to be able to walk with love. This year we already watched six of our community members get slain in a club for just being. This is giving an opportunity, this is us standing with the community members that we have and that aren't here no longer because of bigotry and hate. The show of support was overwhelming for organizers and demonstrators alike. Allies, community members, organization, elected officials, the huge support is overwhelming and it makes me feel safe. 
it makes me feel proud, but most of all, it makes me feel that my community is loved and appreciated by all. Seeing the allies out there coming up to me saying thank you for organizing this, but also the voices and the people speaking is something that is overwhelmingly good. Denise Diskin is the executive director of the Q Law Foundation in Washington, which supports LGBTQ people who are in the legal system. Yeah, I mean, my understanding is Brewmaster Staff Room has done um, a Drag Queen Story Hour for quite a long time. Um, they do it about once a month, and it's followed by Drag Bingo. Um, we love when there are local community um, businesses that show out and support our community and really show, create space for our communities because um, we're here too, and so it's great to, to share the cultural practices like drag that we have um, with our communities. Jill Jones came from Auburn because she thought it was important to show her support. And just really, I just want to be supportive of all queer people and any any attempts to be fair and treat them equally and love them and also give opportunities for our children to experience all different kinds of people. Phoenix Star is one of the founders of the Burnout Brass Band a honk band that plays anti-fascist anthems at local bars. This is our community. We're here to spread love, spread joy, drown out all the hate. We love our community here. It's an honor to be here. It's just been an amazing outpouring of love today. We didn't really know what to expect, but this has been like the best case scenario. The expected right-wing extremist protest did not materialize which did not surprise Councilmember Rivera. I suspected that we were going to outnumber anyone who was going to show up to try to antagonize this amazing, beautiful Drag Queen Story Hour. I imagine we were going to outnumber them at least five or ten to one. They didn't even show up because they knew, I think, that there was no opportunity for any type of hate or vitriol with this much love and this much community for love and just for inclusivity. And you're, we're back with We Live in Color. I'm here with the beautiful Ryan. So you have just basically just taken the ground off running, right? Um, yeah. Y'all pushed me. Yeah, Y'all yeah. pushed me, okay? Because you got it, though. <laughs> you got it. And you have, I know we've talked a lot in our own personal conversations about impacts, about prevention, but you're working in different sectors of prevention, right? Yes, yes. Not not just HIV. The HIV fight is very, it's very, it's very personal and important to me. However, we're doing a lot of other work as well. Monkeypox is still going on, right? COVID is still going on. Um, we have a lot of events coming up in the event, and in, in, in actually this coming week is actually full of events, right? This week we have our monkeypox. Um, we have panel discussions actually going on every evening. Um, so we're very excited about that. We have uh, two of our nurse practitioners that work with our MOCA clinic and our SMO. Um, a program that we have at POCAN. We actually have two of our nurse practitioners that are going to be giving us information. Um, I'll, I'll be operating as the moderator for those events, right? Um, where, where people can come and just get access to to what monkeypox is and where what it's, what it's look like in our communities today. And see, and that's the thing, right? We don't hear anyone talking about monkeypox anymore. Why do you think that is? Because, once again, it's about the stigma, right? People have this preconceived notion that monkeypox just exists with one specific community. And honestly, monkeypox is not an STD or STI. It's not. Any piece of open skin that is exposed that has um, monkeypox or monkeypox uh, 
at the access to someone to touch, it can be spread just by the touching of your hands, by your stomachs, any open exposed skin, right? That's not an STD or SCI. However, stigma has already perpetuated it to one specific subgroup of people. And so here it is, right? And so you think if you won't, you don't fall in this category, that it's not important anymore. But the conversation still needs to happen because it's still happening around our very community that we're operating in right now, right? It's, it's also very big across the country as well. So how do we get this information out? What can we do with this information? And what do we need to do? First thing, let's all get vaccinated. Let's all be vaccinated. Um, and I'm actually really excited, right? Because this week is not just information, right? We you know, we, we would not be poking if we did not have a little fun, right? Yeah, right. Um, so uh, we're going to end off this week of our monkeypox vaccination conversations with an incredible performance um, with an incredible night at the comeback on Friday, right? And this is a partnership um, with you and another, or, uh, with Mocha, and um, in a so AHF it's or? HF, it's Pokan, it's Black Pride, all of us working together. Um, because ultimately, the fight is against one thing, and that's keeping the community safe from all things, right? right. That's the fight. That's the fight. We don't we don't need just one enemy. No, the, the enemies are out there. We know what they are. We know COVID is still real. We know monkeypox is still real. We know the HIV epidemic is still real. We're going to fight all together against these things. And how we're going to do it, we're going to create spaces where we can have community and we can have awareness happening simultaneously. We don't have to choose one or the other. And we need that. And I'd love... I love the fact of the partnerships, right? Yes. Um, how, why is partnership so important in because this we, community? We all have different demographics that we are able to serve. People react. I felt so much safer in spaces where I saw people that looked like me. Right. And so as we build our teams, we build our staffs and we have our demographics and our clients that we meet with and our community members that we serve. Right. There might be some people that we don't have access to touch. But if you can and we have a resource for them, we have to know those things. So when you win, I win. When you succeed, I succeed. When you need, I need. So let's figure it out together. Um, I think sometimes we get broken off in our silos and our sectors and we just think this one thing that's our target is the most important, but it's not because all across our community we're all hit by something let's fight as one let's move as one so we can see success as one you better be one <laughs> i'm just I'm, i am just loving i'm just loving you here um and just and just think it's just so important just for community members to make sure we have that access i also have talked to my my community members our allies right our cisgendered brothers or sisters other other community members that identify heterosexual yeah. why do you why do you think have you seen a push for our community members to receive that access i just want to know i don't think the push is i don't think we push Honestly, I don't think we push it, not, not how we should. And it's because when you think of certain things, everyone always pushes it to a certain demographic of people. Um, HIV is just gay men. Yeah, that's exactly what the stigma that's it, is. That's it. That's all. And it leaves out a whole group of people that aren't just cis and hetero, right? You also leave out groups of trans individuals and trans spaces. So what we do is we we put labels on this is what it looks like, this is what it is, and if you don't do this, you'll be okay. But that's not the truth, right? right. So we have got to create more avenues for more access to people that are outside of the poster. This is what real life looks like, living positive, being positive, being in positive spaces. Right. And that's making sure that we all get that access as black folks. As black, yeah. Specifically as black people. Right. Because a lot of times we don't know where to go find the resources that 
mostly we need, right? So we have got to have more community engagement. It's got to be more community engagement and it has to be, it has to be rooted in diversity, equity, and inclusion. It can't just be diversity and it can't just be creative space of who we want to include. It has to be equitable for everyone around the board. You're at Pocan. Yes, I am. I love Pocan. Well, you're at Mocha, Pocan, same thing, family. So actually, actually, so, so Mocha is Pocan's clinic, right? Right. However, our, us on the Mocha team, we serve in different capacities. Like we have one of our provincial coordinators is coming onto the team now. He actually serves to help our curb program. That's helping people 18 to 24 years old. Another thing that I work with is a program called HAPA. That's housing of people living with HIV and AIDS. How people's safety and their housing situations also affect how their living situation goes with their medicine and their numbers and keeping the epidemic where it is, right? Defeating it once and for all. So we, we do a lot of things, you know, so that's one of the ways that we break off from the silos, right? Right. Because we don't just, I don't just have my one area that matters. No, I, uh-huh. I need to make sure I'm helping out with prevention and helping people that are living HIV as well. We all need it. We all need it together. Right. Absolutely. So you're at, but Pocan family, right? Yes, I am. So yes, be Pocan family because yeah. I, I, I love Pocan. <laughs> but tell me, what do you love about working at Pocan? I love being in a space where my blackness is what makes me great. I was raised in the South where black excellence is, is, is taught, it's instilled. But being in a space where I never have to conform with any piece of me, right? Where I get to be black, I get to be trans, I get to be woman, I get to be me in all of my authentic self in every space that I walk in, in the company that I walk in it for, supports and pushes me to be that most authentic Ryan I love it. I love it. You couldn't even put that on a Hallmark Mahogany card. You, you could put that on a Hallmark Mahogany card. They could card. print that off. And if you do, <laughs> I definitely want my money. <laughs> that is that is so right. And then you're also great friends with Pastor Jamil, who will eventually be a guest on this show. Um, what is your relationship like with him? I mean, being a pa- coming here to the church because you hold on. Wait a minute. You're an associate pastor of a church. Can we talk about <laughs> so that? Let's address. Let me. So listen. Before I started my transition, I served as an associate pastor, a worship pastor. Like I was, ministry was was seventy five percent of my life, right? Um, And so being back in a space where I get to serve, right? Um, Being back in a space where I get to serve is actually pretty exciting. Um, Jamel is incredible, great leader, great pastor, and most of all, a great friend. He's one of the greatest folks. Um, I, I went to high school with him. So shout out pastor. You need to hurry up and come here to the, come here, come, come, come here. We, we need you to be a guest. Your birthday is this week. His birthday's this week. So just so super happy to have him here. So we got one more break and we got our, we live in color tribute. We want you to talk about those events. So we got one more break. You watch and we live in color. Within sports, you learn so many life lessons that'll help you be successful in any area that you plan to pursue. So I remember being a kid in Spokane and going to camps like this with my friends and just having a blast. And that's really when I fell in love with this game. Hopefully we're doing the same and inspiring some of these kids to keep going on this journey. Especially as a girl growing up, like you see you see a lot of boys at these camps, but like just seeing like more and more girls start at a younger age, it, it makes me happy. We had to have funding, right? We cannot do this work without the necessary resources available so that our kids can thrive. Without resources, 
we can't see kids play and play to their potential. How we can ensure that basketball in our communities is sustainable. Funding is a big part of it. I think working with the right groups and this was the opportunity I think that kickstarted that and we're really excited about any opportunities to just keep moving it forward. It was just an awesome opportunity to show what this community can do and what basketball energy they can bring. Being able to work with the Seattle Sports Commission, work with the King County Play Equity Coalition, uh, we were able to bring big basketball energy to Tequila Community Center and hopefully use this as a launching point and able to get more funding for them in the future. The kids get to see me, get to see, you know, all the rest of the guys who did it all in the area of Washington, Seattle area. So being able to give back to them and uh, let them know that, you know, they can chase their dreams too. This is a fundamental right of all kids, that they have the right to play, which isn't always available to all of our kids in our communities. We got next to ensure kids always have a place to play, compete, and have fun. A world of wonder awaits at Pacific Northwest Ballet's The Nutcracker. Treat your loved ones to the Northwest's favorite holiday tradition at Seattle Center's McCall Hall. Tickets start at $27. Visit pnb.org. And we're back. And now it's time, y'all, for We Live in Color Trivia. Ariah, who would you like to tribute today? Um, my tribute is actually to my mother. Um, What's her name? Uh, Lashilia Garrett. That's my mommy. Um, we have had a journey. Um, my mom, when I was growing up, was my best friend, my very best friend. I still consider her my very best friend. Um, that transition has been a transition for us as well. And if I can be transparent, it's not that the bishop always agrees, but the mother, my mom, loves me and would drown a fish behind me. And so when I think about my fight to live out loud and be myself authentically, I think about how she loves me authentically. Amen. Yeah. Can we say her name one more time? Lashilia, the doctor, doctor, Lashilia Garrett. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, we thank her because this is the light here. I'm just so happy that you are here, um, not just in the spaces of the studio, but just in our community. You're out there. 2023 is going to be the year of Ariah. Do you feel it? I'm just really asking you if, if you feel, I feel that. It. Like, this is my year. I'm telling you. I told someone the other day, I was like, this is my city. This is my city. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you. So you got two events coming up this week, right? So... If you can look in the camera and just tell community about these up, two upcoming events coming up. Okay, so all week this week we have our monkeypox uh, vaccination um, information panels that we have going on. You can come join us. It's all virtual, all Zoom, right? So you can give us a call. We'll get you um, registered and you'll be able to come join us, um, ask all the questions that you might have. And whatever you need from us, we're going to provide in that space. Um, and 
this year, I'm so excited. This is my first POCAN gala. This gala is going to be an incredible event where we honor community, right? Not just the work that we're doing inside of our doors, but our community partners. We're honoring an entertainer of the year. And this year, we are giving out the Phyllis Little Philanthropy Award, y'all. We're so excited to honor the woman that led this organization for so long and was such an important piece of our community. And we get to honor other people as they've served as well. I know that's right. That's a sale. But what I'm also really excited about is your keynote. Your keynote oh is Ashley Adia. I got to hear her speak for yes. the first time the other week. That is a powerful woman with so much insight and so much love for the people. Um, and on Saturday, she will be our keynote speaker, a very special guest in the space. Um, and I'm excited to see the tools she sends all of us with because she does not speak without sending tools. Okay. She is, uh, she is tool time when She's you're talking definitely to Ashley. Tool time. Okay. Ashley is amazing. That's why I'm wearing this wonderful shirt here down here. I'm proud. Uh, Vice President of WA Therapy Fund or The Therapy Fund, which makes sure that we provide Black folks with therapy along with the Black therapists, right? And make sure those Black therapists are paid. Thank you. But um, the main person, thank is Ashley. I just feel great to be in the space of being on a team with a Black woman who leads. So, Ashley, you're actually the person I celebrate today on my We Live in Color tribute. Ashley, a dear, I love you um, and appreciate you. And I know this Saturday you are I ain't even asked you what you're going to be talking about, but because I know that you're about to bring it home. So we thank you. And I thank you. I thank you for being a guest here today. Um, so excited about this week. We're going to finish the rest of this week out yes. and then we're going to party. Okay. We're going to party and we're going to do some other stuff, but we're going to party. Right. <laughs> um, and just thank you so much for coming. And where can people find you? Um, you can actually find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at Being Araya. That's B E I N G Araya A R I Y A H. Um, and be on the lookout for some new music before the end of the year. All right, music. Hold on, wait a minute. Can you sing a little bit? Like a little something. Give me, give me like a, like give me a good twenty seconds. Okay. Oh Lord. Um, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. To worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. All right, you got my hands up. All right, now look, listen. And I ain't been to church in a couple of weeks. You better bring it home. Well, I love you, sis. I love you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you're here. And thank you. Because you, you so are living much. in color. And we can't wait to see thank you shine. Okay? Y'all, that was an amazing show. Wasn't it? Thank you. Thank you, Araya. Thank you, Pocan. Thank you, Black Media Matters. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Join us next week. It'll be our special Christmas episode, and we got Miss Diamond in the house. She's going to talk about some of her work with Lavender Rights, but above all else, we're going to celebrate her, and we got a small little surprise for y'all, too. You were watching We Live in Color. See you next week. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents.
tour Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.